Welcome back to New Money. Those that stayed with us, thanks for staying with us. And those who've just joined us, we're discussing investments this evening. My guests are Oren Tamba and Craig Fafa. You can call me on 011-4804-0468. I'll repeat that, 011-4840468. You can email me at brian at bdtv.co.za. I'm going straight to emails. Email from Terry in Scarborough. He says, the RAND has been firm. What is your outlook for the currency? And would, if you were underweight offshore, take money out for the strong rand and buy into offshore markets that have been weaker? Craig? Yes, I think that aligns with what we were saying a bit earlier. Um, the, the rand has benefited from a couple of tailwinds at the moment. Uh, the trade surplus, which is fed into a, a positive current account uh, surplus or a current account surplus. Uh, that is, for me, one structural pillar of the rand, and that's been strong. Uh, the other side is around what happens to the fiscus, government's finances. Uh, those, when we had the budget, generally also been better than expected. We're looking at um, you know, smaller budget deficits for this year and, and the years ahead. Um, so that was a bit of good news. Helped by the tailwinds of those you know, higher commodity prices that boosted revenues and taxes uh, and the like. So maybe it's just a bit of a, a once-off. Um, or maybe we have a bit more this year. But, uh, you know, a, a decent looking or an improved fiscal position, uh, a good current account position, uh, both of those things helping, uh, I think, to support the currency now in the shorter term. Uh, you know, that commodity boom isn't going to last forever. So that's going to see, uh, you know, lower revenues from that part of the, uh, of the uh, taxpaying base uh, in time. So that might, you know, renew pressure on the, on the fiscal balance. Uh, and then also with those commodity prices coming off in time, you'll see a lower trade balance, current account, uh, you know, potentially also going to deficit over time. So this current strength, those two pillars might be a little weaker in time to come. So I would, uh, you know, <laughs> a long story short, I would take advantage of the stronger rand um, at the moment uh, and look for those opportunities um, offshore. Okay, before I went off air, I spoke, we spoke, I spoke about inflation, high interest rates. I mean, just let's go back two years. I mean, trillions of dollars were invested in the markets to keep the economy going, keep it alive. Now we've got interest rates rising. One of the fears of the interest rate rising is that the economy can't withstand it and therefore you run into recession. What's the likelihood, Craig? Well, uh, that's, that's the balancing act that central banks have to have. As, uh, you know, as economies go through cycles, they put up rates uh, you know, when, uh, uh, when inflation is, is rearing its ugly head and growth is booming, uh, and they hope to turn the knob very uh, you know, carefully so that uh, they just push the rates up enough so that the economy does stop from overheating, starts cooling down, but then they have to quickly reverse and uh, you know, get that balance right. So I think it's, uh, it's very finely poised um, at the moment. The interest rate markets uh, are telling you that, uh, or potentially pointing to a recession um, and growth actually going negative in the US. The economy though is very strong uh, at the moment. Um, and uh, you know, the, the wage uh, or the, um, the labor market also very strong, uh, and that's also potentially you know, driving inflation and, uh, and causing the Fed a couple of jitters. But you know, they might, if, they, well, if they're very careful, they, they can engineer it so that we don't get a recession there. But uh, it's probably, uh, I don't know, I'm not a betting person in that regard, but it's probably a 70% chance of a recession at the moment. It's looking more than, than not, but um, uh, if I had to, I would say that they could probably escape 
escape a recession. But uh, you know, it's it's painted in the foggy foggy mists of the future. There, uh, are you on the same page or on a different page? Well, I, th I, th I totally agree with Craig there because I think the key issue is the backdrop at which the economy is coming from, right? So if you look at the beginning of the year, just use the U.S. as because it's the biggest economy in the world, right? Uh, at the beginning of the year, we're looking at the economy growing at as much as 5%. Um, and, and the question is, what is the potential growth uh, for the U.S. economy? I think some put it around 1.2%. So what that means essentially is that the Fed has got a lot of wiggle room to essentially put some brakes on the economy without actually getting to a point uh, whereby uh, you, could you could see uh, you know, employment being a huge problem. So I think one number that I usually look at and that, that gives me uh, a bit of comfort is when you look at the labor market. At the moment, uh, you're having about 1.8 jobs in the U.S. per one unemployed person. So essentially what you can do is you can wipe off the 0 0.8 and still you won't have uh, a significant impact uh, on the, uh, in terms of the employment in the U.S. So that, that's, that's a key issue. So the way we're looking at it uh, is from, uh, with, with our investment team is the fact that uh, probably we're going to have it maybe at some point, uh, depending on how stubborn inflation is going to be. Because if inflation remains very stubborn, it means that uh, the Fed might actually have to continue hiking interest rates, maybe to the point whereby they could actually hit the economy. But we don't see that happening uh, during this year. We're probably going to see it happen maybe uh, sometime next year uh, or even uh, the year after. Oren, quite a big week this week. We've got a lot of co American companies starting to report first quarter results, leading towards the end of the month when the technology companies, your expectations, likely to see a good quarter? Yeah, I think, so. I think uh, so what we're watching essentially when you're looking into these numbers, one of the issues is, is the impact in terms of cost because when you look at the previous earnings season, uh, we've seen a lot of companies starting to complain about uh, you know, the supply chain issues. I think we've seen at some point with Apple essentially indicating that uh, you know, they're probably not going to be able to meet some of their revenue um, uh, estimations because of the fact that they cannot get uh, products, you know, their phones uh, to, their, to their, their customers. Uh, so we're looking at that. Uh, it's, it's actually a very important aspect that we're looking at. But generally, when you look at uh, market uh, estimations uh, in terms of earnings, I think uh, we are expecting most of the companies uh, to uh, to beat uh, whatever the market is expecting uh, because we haven't seen um, you know some of the things because there's always a lag in terms of whatever is happening currently in terms of the at uh, the point in time when it's going to filter through in, uh, in terms of earnings and we don't expect to see that at this point and very important I mean it's not only just the earnings great it's actually the comments made behind those earnings Yes, the comments and the forward-looking guidance that, that management provides. So uh, sometimes you can coldly look at, uh, at a statement or a, a headline on a Reuters or a Bloomberg or something and it says companies beaten uh, you know, on the revenue line, they're beaten on the earnings per share, uh, they announce more buybacks uh, and the share price you know, collapsed in a heap on the day. And then you read the guidance and they said, well, you know, going forward things are going to look a lot bleaker, there's more pressures, cost pressures or whatever they are. But that guidance is, is all important. And I think to Oren's point, I mean, we are, there is a bit of momentum coming through here. But earnings globally probably grew something like 50% last year. Uh, and we'd probably think something like 7 or 8% growth for, for this year. So it's going to slow down dramatically. But I think the good news is it's still going to be positive. Will it satisfy the market? I think the market's come around to that way of thinking. So uh, I guess to your point, it's around that guidance. Craig, what type of companies are you looking at over the next month? What industries are you going to be looking at to give you some of this guidance in terms of the way forward? 
Well, I think internationally, you know, we're looking for those companies that, uh, you know, are going to still show recover or, or show ongoing uh, longer term growth. So uh, there's a semiconductor uh, shortage at the moment. I think you can look a little bit in that space at those companies that, you know, might be the ones that come out on, on top there. Um, uh, you know, the companies that are uh, recovering from the lockdown, you know, maybe in the aerospace side, uh, the you know, those the theme parks, the Disney's, the the Comcasts, um, but those also have a media element and a streaming element, which which is another story as well. But I think there's a lot of lot of things you can look out for. Okay, Oren, Denise in Hatai wants you to answer this question. Has, there's been a lot of talk about the U.S. yield curb inv inv inversion. Can you please explain what this means? Yield, yields on investment grade bonds have ticked up significantly over the few weeks. Do you think this is the right time to invest in South African bonds? And what do you think of global bonds? Yeah, so I think maybe to ask the first question first in terms of the yield curve, the first part, what do you mean by the yield curve? So I think this is um, one of the graphs that is used by financial economies. Essentially, they'll be plotting uh, the yield of a bond uh, versus its maturity. So if you've got the bond market, you find that we have got uh, different maturities of bonds. Um, in the U.S., uh, it goes up to around 30 years. Uh, so what they do is they take a one-year bond and then plot it against the yield. So normally, uh, that uh, curve is supposed to be upward sloping. That's the normal curve. Uh, but I think when what has, been, what has happened uh, more recently is the fact that when you look at the uh, two-year uh, uh, bond versus the 10-year bond, uh, the two-year bond was yielding higher than the 10-year than the bond. So that's sort of the inversion. It just tilted a little bit. And why is that problematic? Is because, um, you know, investors would need uh, to be compensated for you know the higher risk that they hold in the longer term bonds because of the term premium so that that has been the issue uh, and and then just moving uh, quickly to in terms of how we're feeling about bonds about yeah. yeah about global bonds so uh, you know we've been very bearish on that as a class for a very long time but we are starting to sort of form up to it a little bit we we haven't even started moving on it uh, but the, the 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 key issue here is when you look at it we look at it from an absolute investment case point of view and uh, a relative investment case of uh, Point of view, we think that from an absolute uh, investment case, it has improved because uh, the prices have derated a little bit. But still, when you compare the return that we think we can get from global bonds versus what you can get from uh, from equities, we still think that equities uh, would trump our bonds in that case. And a quick comment from UK: local bonds. Local bonds, I think uh, you know, uh, do have a place in, in your local portfolio, your local multi-asset portfolio. Uh, I think you can get some good yields there. Uh, sort of that. 10, 12, 13 year part of the yield curve, I think is particularly attractive. Um, so uh, I don't think you should neglect them. Uh, I think it is a good place to, to look for interest income in particular. Well, I'm sorry to all those emails that I didn't answer this evening. We always get so many emails in between the gaps. I'll certainly deal with them in the next program. Uh, the market movement we are currently experiencing is quite normal. I know this is hard to believe. However, it happens all the time. The world is not likely to collapse, although there have been corrections. Those invested for the last five years have had far better returns over this period than they could ever expected. Investors need to get perspective on their portfolios. If you're looking for long-term growth, stay invested. And if you've got available cash, look to top up quality stocks at lower levels. For those looking for income, there are quite few alternatives. And I suggest you discuss these with a financial planner. Oren, Craig, thank you very much for joining me this evening. Thanks, it's important to note our program this evening is to provide information and should not be construed as advice. Next week's program, we'll be dealing with financial and retirement planning. 
If you need to get hold of me, my details will appear on the screen. Thank you for watching and good night.